If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The following podcast is an enticing media production. She's a business owner, best-selling author, and on a mission to find out what the Nell is going on here. Here's your host, Nail Tice. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the What the Nell podcast with your host, Nell Tice. I am over the moon excited about today's guest. His name is Jeremy Schreifels. He is a producer, a songwriter, drummer, percussionist, speaker, and coach. He is an all-around amazing, talented guy. We had so much fun doing this. He is also a best-selling author of the book Road to 99, which was a number one bestseller on Amazon. So if you are interested in purchasing a copy of Road to 99, which I completely recommend that you do, I will definitely link that information in the description. I of this episode of the podcast so that you can easily purchase that. And he also has another item that he is involved with, which we'll go into a little bit more detail in the episode. Uh, He has his own blend of coffee called the producer's blend. So I am also linking that information in the description of this episode. So I don't want to keep you waiting any longer. I just want to introduce to you our guest for today's show, Jeremy Schreifels. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. Hey, thank you for having me on. I was excited when you asked. And after our previous conversations, I couldn't wait to get back on another conversation with you. Yeah, I know. I felt like that conversation went so well. And I feel like we actually have so much more in common than we even had a chance to talk about. I agree. (laughs) So I, you know, you have this book that uh, has been released called Road to 99. And I want to talk a little bit about that, obviously, without divulging too much information. Uh, But you mention in the very beginning of the book, uh, imposter syndrome. syndrome. Uh, Can you offer any advice uh, to those starting out their entrepreneurship journey? Um, or to anyone that might be experiencing this? Yes, I absolutely can. Um, (laughs) It's one, you know, the best example I can give of it, and and it obviously is from my story, but is actually physically about the book itself. Um, And the reason I say that is because for a long time, I thought I wanted to write a book and that I thought that I had some um, opportunities and some things to say. Mm -hmm. And then some people got around me and said, yes, you should write a book. But then I had someone approach me and say, you're a terrible writer. (gasps) Oh my gosh. You shouldn't be an author and you don't belong in this space. And I'm like, and that was really, it was really harsh and really hard. Um, And so of course it was like, oh, well, I'm around all these best-selling authors. I must not be good enough. Right. And so I was like, okay. And then I was like, no, it doesn't matter. 
right. because my story is my story. Um, and the road to 99, as um, I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later, is it's part of that story. And I think from an imposter syndrome standpoint, especially as an entrepreneur, like our story is us. Nobody else gets it. Right, right, exactly. Um, but everybody can have access to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what's important for us to remember as we go forward is you're going to have all sorts of people telling you, or you might see like, I don't belong in this room or in this space. Um, but what you really start to realize when you get around good people <laughs> and in a good space that yes, you do belong there. Um, and sometimes it just takes a minute to find your people, yeah. find your tribe, you know, you call it whatever you want, your syndicate, your tribe, your people. Um, when you're around people that are there to help you raise up and level up and help you to grow your business and your person, mm-hmm. it's yeah. easy to move past those comments. Yeah, that's it's amazing because just recently I've discovered how incredibly toxic those people are, the people that are telling you you can't or they're trying to shield you from something that they're afraid of you doing because maybe they're jealous or there could be a multitude of reasons, but how incredibly toxic those people are. And then once and the flip side, once you get out of that pattern and away from those people and into a circle where you're respected and everyone actually wants everyone to do well and succeed, it is incredibly amazing it, how the mindset changes and how that affects you. I, that's just, it's inspiring. And your words are inspiring and motivating, which are words that a coach would, uh, you know, <laughs> like yourself would uh, have for someone. Um, speaking of coaching, uh, what I, you have mentioned in the past that you are incredibly motivated to help others and mm-hmm. help them find their journeys. And so what led you to pursue coaching? Do you think it's just a product of who you are or did music help you get to that point? Uh, I think it's both. Yeah. Um, I spent uh, right out of high school, which was a few years ago. (laughs) Um, I spent about 20 (laughs) years teaching high school students um, in the marching activities, mm. um, summer and winter and indoor and some of those kinds of things. And I loved being a teacher of those students. Mm-hmm. Um, and more than anything, I loved bringing life to those students, not just the technical skills that we needed to do to execute right. whatever we needed to do. Um, and I really tried to reach those students in a way that I could touch their lives going forward. Mm-hmm. Um And hence why in the beginning of the book, I actually have three of my old students who I asked to write something of how are they using that impact today? And most of those students are from my beginning years of teaching. Oh, wow. Not in kind of the, you know, mainstream of when I was in it. Those was within my first five years of, of being, of teaching in that space. Yeah. And so educating others and building them up has kind of always been something that's been on my heart and my space. Mm-hmm. Music gave me the opportunity to do that. As I grew older and um, 
teaching in those spaces didn't really make sense for me anymore. Sure. Whether it was financially or I have a family with, um, I have two teenage kids now at this point. So Whoa. Became, <laughs> I, yes, I have a 16 and an almost 19 year old. And so uh, these are my, the same students I used to teach are now my children. Um, <laughs> and so as I got to into this space and I've become more, um, I've been performing live for the last 15 years. I've been speaking to audiences in, in the mental health and music space for about the last six years. Yeah. And I just really felt like it came to a time where I had something to say and something to offer mm-hmm. more than just a high school student. Yeah. So I wanted to bring the life, the mindset and the business skills mm-hmm. to the business world or to the life world, um, right. so to speak, right? Yeah. And so that's where I really made that switch from, okay, educating is really just helping people get to the next space. Mm-hmm. So I really look at coaching and educating kind of as a parallel and mm-hmm. using that. It's just in this platform and in this space, we call it coaching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can uh, definitely resonate with that. I have to ask, is one of your teenagers a daughter? Yes. Bless your heart. Yeah. Bless she, your heart. <laughs> yeah. She's my almost 19 year old. Wow. Um, she just signed her lease on her second apartment. Oh my uh, gosh. She's, she's fantastic. She's Aww. quite the young, wonderful young lady. And, and yes, all of, all of the things. Yes. They all are teenagers at some point, And so were we. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's why uh, my words bless your heart. I, I can't even, I, at the time I didn't care, but uh, you know, when I was a teenage young lady, um, I'm sure my parents were thrilled with every decision I made. So, <laughs> but you know, speaking of those teenage years, I, I think that, um, and this is what we definitely have in common music. It just, fitting in in high school or being just feeling a part of something and coaching uh, does this too. I just recently have gotten into this kind of circle with a lot of coaches and things like that, um, that may, that make me feel the way that I felt when I started joining music communities when I was in school. Now, I was lucky enough to have my grandfather uh, who toured with the Glenn Miller band back in what? Uh, yeah <laughs> back in the 1940s i think yep. it was 1940s uh he was an alto saxophone player and he made the decision to marry my grandmother and move out here to beautiful central pennsylvania and start a family and but he always had this passion for music he taught me how to play at a very young age And so I just kind of always knew that that was something that I wanted to get into, but I never imagined the possibilities that, and the doors that would open just because of being a part of something like that. So this, this whole coaching group and the music group, they make me feel so empowered and the same. So for which I'm incredibly thankful. And you are a part of that group too. (laughs) That's how we met. So, right. Uh, for which I am incredibly thankful. Um, but going back in your journey, um, you also mentioned in the book that you had a full-time job in retail, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm, I'm sure was incredibly exciting, especially around the holidays. 
invigorating. (laughs) (laughs) So it's always, for me, it was a big struggle. I know that for others, it's a struggle as well. How did you know that it was time to leave that full-time retail job and and go full-time with your dream? I became extremely angry. Oh, yeah. Um, It was really dark and toxic. Um, When I when I moved into the retail space, um, it was for a season of time. I had young children mm-hmm. and we had, you know, we have a house payment and two young children and we had to pay the bills. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. And, and that's where it was. And then as I started to build my music business mm-hmm. and those things started to become more successful and I could do more things, it just become really apparent that being at that um, at that job mm-hmm. was be, started to become toxic yeah. and to my person. Mm-hmm. And I could tell that like, that was toxic, but the music part was giving me life. And right. so if we, if we think of things in terms of, does it give you life or does it take life away from you? Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely becoming a space of taking way more life away from me. And then it would just made a decision at some point to be like, okay, let's grow the music part so that it as at least can take over what that was doing. Mm-hmm. So by the time I left there, I was working like, I don't know, 80, 90 hours a week because I was doing both full time right. until I could finally get rid of the one and just um, let the music kind of take off yeah. into the space that I'm currently in. Right, right. led me to the space that I'm currently in. (laughs) Yeah, I actually was just telling someone this morning that, you know, every, I don't know that obviously there are decisions that you can make that will greatly affect, every decision that you make greatly affects your future. But if you take some of those decisions and use them in your journey, use them to motivate you or to inspire you, then it's not a bad decision. It's just a part of who you are in your journey. Right. And, and I don't regret those days um, mm-hmm. because the training that I got and the people that I was able to work with were so amazing. Yeah. Um, and they taught me a lot of things and, you know, really helped me. And, you know, in some cases, maybe they were part of the reason I had to be let go from there, so to speak. Yeah. Um, because they taught me the things I needed to know to move forward and make it take that next step in yeah. my life. Yeah. And I'm still grateful. And, you know, one of them is still a really good friend of mine. We still do many things together. And we talk about the good old days now. Because <laughs> he has since retired from that space. So, oh, got it. <laughs> so he's also happy and doing his passion. And once I left, I was, I really spent a lot of time encouraging him to do that. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you get to that point where you just, you're so angry in your mm-hmm. person. And mm-hmm. so you have to do that. Um, my wife was a preschool teacher for a number of years and now she's a marriage and family therapist. And we talk about oh, wow. the, the end of the school year. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason it's hard for teachers is because they need a reason to have some sort of lack, for lack of a better way to put it, angst towards okay. the children mm-hmm. because it's easier to let them go. Oh, wow. And the students get kind of um, pushy and, you know, we call it summer fever here, right? Because the sun finally comes out and it's above <laughs> 60 degrees. And so we just say, well, the kids are going wild and crazy. They don't want to listen to the teachers. They don't want to pay attention. Well, what they're really saying is, I know I have to leave you, 
-hmm. and it's easier to leave you if I'm uncomfortable with you than hmm. if we're in a good space. And I'm that's like, that's mind blowing. That is so mind blowing. <laughs> Never even thought about that. And so, you know, part of it is like when I left that corporate job, I had to get to the point where I was so frustrated with it that it was easy to leave. Yeah. Even though it was positive. Mm -hmm. Or, um, I, you know, I've now launched one teenager and I'm about a year and a half to two years from launching a second one. And this, <laughs> I can tell you the same thing happens. Yeah. As my daughter be, finished out a senior year, you know, there's that I want to, I want to launch, I want to leave, I don't mm -hmm. need my parents. Um, yeah. We want to let you go. We don't right. want to let you go. Yeah. But it's easier when we're both at that space. Wow. That is, I, I think that you may have just opened the floodgates for me. That's really interesting. I, and it makes so much sense. I, I feel like in a lot of big steps that I've taken in my life, I've gotten to that point. And at 19 is when I left my parents' house and I just couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they probably felt the same way. But just recently, just leaving my job after 13 years, um, I was so angry. I was so angry at what had happened to me, what I experienced and how I was being treated at some, some points. But I don't regret any of the things that mm -hmm. happened, honestly, even if they were pretty terrible and some pretty not, because they just made me, they pushed me to where I am now. And that's important. That's a really interesting way of looking at it. I, that is, I'm literally mind blown. <laughs> I, I wish that the listeners could see the video that we're using for zoom because I literally <laughs> could physically see the light bulb go off on your face and it was awesome. <laughs> Well, you know, one day when I get on board with this video podcasting thing, um, the viewers or yes, the viewers will be able to to see that. So because I'm sure it'll happen again. I, I'm you know, I'm blonde. So it happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so no comment, no comment. <laughs> That's not really fair. I don't I don't I don't subscribe to that uh, <laughs> mantra. <laughs> no, you know, I, I've definitely come to, I used to make fun of myself all the time for the blonde thing. And then I realized there was a actually time recently where I realized, you know what? I'm smarter than a lot of people. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> so getting back to the book, obviously the title is Road to 99. And so I was reading and I'm thinking, why is it 99? Why isn't it 100? Which seems to me like it would be an obvious number. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why it's not 100. But tell me, why Why is it not 100? Uh, this is, I love this. <laughs> um, it was 100. Because okay. as the story goes, um, Nate and I were in a writing session. And as you, you probably know now who that is. Yes. Um, and the rest of you will find out once you start to read the book. Uh -huh. um, we were talking about this journey that we were on about, and we were talking about like, I can't wait till we get to a hundred songs. Mm -hmm. That will feel amazing. Right. Just like you just said, why not a hundred? Right. Doesn't that feel like a better number? Of course it does. It's three digits. Mm -hmm. um, so it does just feel better. And and he goes, yeah, but it's about our road to 99. Oh, and those wow. were his words. And I said, you just gave me my book title. Thank That's you. That's amazing. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. 
And so now it's for me, it's like the, what is your 99? Mm -hmm. What are you trying to achieve? What are your goals? Yeah. Because, you know, everybody always wants to get to a hundred, <laughs> but getting to a hundred is easy. If you can get to the 99, which is the hard. Wow. That's, oh gosh, I wish we had two hours of this and we have to make <laughs> part two, um, which, you know, once this becomes video, maybe we will do part two. We'll do live and in person <laughs> for part two. I like yes, that idea. I, that's, you're right. That is a better idea. That is such a good answer. You know, and I even at, at first I thought even 101 would be a good number. And I was just, it kept coming back to me. Why is it 99? Why is it 99? So I really wanted to ask you that. I'm glad that you clarified that for me. <laughs> well, I love, and that's honestly, that is probably the question I get the most. Why really? 99? Yeah. Because it's about the journey. It's about the road. It's about, it's about not knowing where we're going. But once we got there, we're like, wow, I really enjoyed that journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I love to travel and as I believe you do. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And that's so, another thing we have in common. <laughs> and so I think about that idea of traveling and being on the road. And that's mm -hmm. one thing about being a touring musician is being on the road and enjoying yeah. that and seeing new spaces and talking to meeting new people. Mm -hmm. It's the same. Yeah. And so it just made sense. Yeah. Especially after that comment comes up in a session. Yeah. You had to roll with it. Yeah, absolutely. No, it makes total sense. And if you, if you're thinking about just the difference between 99 and a hundred, a hundred sounds like somewhere you would stop. Right. And you're right. That's not what it's about. A hundred seems like an end game and that's not at all what it's about. Right. Cause I've already talked about this idea of like, what's my next, what's the next book. Right what's the next road to 99 yeah 99 what 99 problems but uh i can think of a song title there <laughs> yeah perfect we'll, we'll, we'll keep that one out of our mouths mouths that, for the moment <laughs> yes we'll save that one yes yeah for the video uh live in person podcast so um i know that one of the other things i want to talk about everything because you know travel coffee music all of that, um, things that we have in common, but I recent, my position that I left was with a coffee roaster, um, and tea blender. I was there for 13 years and I learned so much. Um, the president of the company when I had started was a French classically trained chef. She studied under Julia Child and so she taught me so much about food and tasting and flavor profiles and everything. And so I've been wanting to ask you, what is your absolute favorite way to brew coffee? My favorite <laughs> way to brew coffee? Yes. The method mm. or even, even if it's not brewing, how do you prefer to consume it? Well, I just like straight black coffee. <laughs> I'm super simple, um, but I like a full, bold coffee. So mm -hmm. my favorite are either a Sumatra blend or a French roast is actually better. Yeah. Which you can't find many places. Uh, yeah, that's Done well because it's too yeah. much for most people. Yeah. Um, my favorite way, if I'm going to get it, 
is like a short pull shot out of an espresso machine. Oh, okay. So they don't let the whole shot go into the cup Mm -hmm. um, because you get the most flavor Mm -hmm. out of the the bean, the grind. Mm -hmm. And so I really love that. So it's kind of an almost, you know, basically straight espresso at that point. Right. But Uh, I feel like you're extracting the most flavor. Yes. just using that method. Um, I used to be a French press connoisseur uh, that quickly changed when I found the pour over method, which has obviously been around for so long, but I, you know, just was a little behind the times. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that takes time. Right. And I, I, that's what it is for me. Like, I'm not even going to, I drink a pot of coffee in the morning i make it every morning mm-hmm. or i use like a a, a k-cup keurig okay um, it sounds super boring and lame but no. it's it, it literally is exactly what you said it's all about time yeah absolutely if i make a pot of coffee it's like i said it the night before yeah and it's brewing when i wake up yeah no i and i honestly i think that it's the quality and the type of coffee uh is more important than how you brew it and speaking of you do have your own blend am i correct i do do. (laughs) which i will i will get to trying one of these days (laughs) yeah i actually have to order a whole new batch of them i just i just sent out my last one uh this week so i have to actually get a new (laughs) new batch of them (laughs) that's very cool well if you're selling out that uh that's a good thing right yeah it's great um i work with a local roaster here um that's awesome. That's close to me. It's a friend of mine. They bought a roastery a couple of years ago, and I worked with him to kind of make a what I call the producer blend. Very cool. So kind of a play on words for musicians, but in yeah. all, honestly, it also works for you know people who are producers. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Well, I will. Uh, I'll put a link in the description to awesome. where people can can purchase it. Um. So now I want to know. So here, so we are here today. Uh, you've got this book out. You've had some. You've had some amazing experiences on the road as a professional drummer. What does the future look like for you? Hmm. What's coming up? Anything exciting? Anything you want? Uh, any goals that you have coming up? Well, I got some amazing speaking events coming up. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Those are super exciting. Um, yeah. Where I get to travel some more. And mm-hmm. so I think that for me, the future looks like that. Yeah. Um, my goal is to be location independent. Yeah. So that I can do what I want to do, which is to coach and help people mm-hmm. and continue to write music, which mm-hmm. I do weekly. And awesome. um, do that from wherever I want. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally resonate with that. <laughs> and mostly the not in the greater north between November and April. <laughs> also resonate with that. Yes. Yes. I'm a big fan of white sandy beaches and blue water and sunshine. Those are three of my favorite things. Are you possibly the male version of me? <laughs> it's unbelievable. I just... the. I've always been drawn there. And for a while, I've always told people, they're like, what do you, why, if you don't like winter so much, why do you even stay here? I'm like, I love my wife and kids. Yeah. And so therefore I want to stay. 
<laughs> yeah. And now that my kids are growing older, my wife is like, I'm on board with that wintering thing somewhere else. Oh, that's amazing. That is awesome. Do you think you're going to go the snowbird route and take it to Florida or somewhere else? You know, our favorite place is actually San Diego. Oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> we, it's our favorite city. Um, yeah. We just, we love it there. It's incredible. Um, we have made a 10 year plan to kind of try some different places now every January. That's awesome. And so, but at the same time, we kind of just have always, we've always gone back there. Oh, that's so fantastic. Actually, um, my husband and I just went to San Diego about uh, maybe six weeks ago for the first time. I had been to Southern California a couple of times before, mostly in the Long Beach, LA uh, area. And I loved it, but I thought, you know, San Diego could probably be a little bit better. <laughs> and I, oh, it was just, it was amazing. I now understand why so many people live there and why it's so desirable and so incredibly expensive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it was absolute perfection. So mm. yeah, I, I really hope that works out for you. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm like, if we can just do that, I said, if we can leave after Thanksgiving and come back before Easter, I would be okay with that. Yeah, that sounds like an amazing plan. Uh, definitely, uh, I'll be following your journey on that and uh, looking up to you. Because <laughs> I think I have a few years until we're, we're ready to go down that route. <laughs> so I, okay, so let's say that you are generating a playlist to get you going, whether it be in the morning, before you get a workout in, you need a playlist to kind of jazz you up or energize you for something. I want to know, what are the top three songs you're putting on that playlist? This was really hard, by the way, and I'm so <laughs> thankful that you gave me a heads up before this conversation to think about this. Um, and I'm, I'm going to use the disclaimer as in, I, I'm not the kind of person that gets the hyped up, energized, mm -hmm super over energy mm -hmm. person. Um, yeah. I use music in this space to, and if we're going to talk about energize or get me pumped up mm -hmm. is to clear my mind. You love it. Um, and so the three that I came up with to use for this example um, <laughs> are to do that. Um, the first one is called actually called quiet your mind. Oh, by the Zach Brown band. Oh, I love Zach Brown. <laughs> and it is so amazing. I use it um, for every training that I do. Okay. Um, because, and I kind of say that this is my gift to you as the attendees. And so here's mm -hmm. my gift to you today. Now yeah. <laughs> you have this. Um, it's so good. And the louder you listen to it, the better. Okay. So I encourage loud decibel volumes for listening to that particular one. I'm definitely taking notes. The second one is In a Daydream by Freddie Jones Band. Okay. And there's just something about it that makes your mind wander um, into a space of just like, you know, of literally daydreaming. Like, mm -hmm. it's just this idea of like, where am I, where do I want to be? Where do I want to go? What am I trying to do? Mm -hmm. um, and it just, it sounds and feels good. And it's something that I've just used. And I've been using that song for probably... 15 years. Wow. Just as like, it's kind of a recurring thing. Yeah. That's um, amazing. And it's just easy, nice listening. It's great office listening music. 
those kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. And then one that probably just kind of gets me to my grit in my core um, is um, Lose Yourself oh. by Eminem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From the movie Eight Mile. Yeah. Which is right in the heart of when I was in high school mm-hmm. and, and part of all of those things. And I was a huge hip hop, 90s hip hop guy when I was growing <laughs> up. Most people don't know that. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that here. You wouldn't probably know that by seeing me today. And, but that's okay. I mean, that's, that's where I came from. And that's yeah. what, and so I use that just because there's just, there's a grit about it, mm-hmm. but the hope and the perseverance and the, and the moving through the hard times and things mm-hmm. I think is the essence of that song. Mm-hmm. And so it also helps to kind of just clear my mind. Sometimes yeah. if I'm angry, I'll put that on because I can't help but get out of the anger. Yeah. Yeah. No, that I, I love it. You, that song has just moved so fluidly throughout its time and is consistently used I think up until a few years ago I uh, as a football fan um, the Baltimore Ravens are my team and up until a couple of years ago I think they used that as the song that the team would come out to that's interesting yeah and it was I mean just to feel the energy and feel the stadium and just it just I, I don't know. It just hits, I guess, as the kids, or just slaps, as the kids say these days. <laughs> I, There's I probably, so many languages. Yeah. There's so many languages. <laughs> probably shouldn't be saying that at my age, but there it is. Um, no, I, uh, Zach Brown, quite, there are so many songs that aren't uh, mainstream on the radio from Zach Brown. I think in particular, now this isn't just this particular artist but so many songs from zach brown i think that are so much more influential than the ones that are mainstream a thousand percent yeah (laughs) and they just i guess probably only a few years ago i had heard something they i always had this particular aversion to country music and i have no idea why i just told myself that I hated it. Kind of how I felt about Taylor Swift when she first uh, started coming on to the scene, I guess. And finally, at some point, I thought, just let it go. Just listen to some songs and just get over the whole, oh, you don't have to like country thing. And um, I did. And Zach Brown was a big part of that. And we had friends, still have friends that we go to see their concert with every single year. They always come to Hershey. And it's just such a fun experience. You get to hear all of the hits and everything like that. But I just, I love the band. I love the energy. I love how their fiddle player raps Beastie Boys at the end of, yes. it, it's just, I, I don't know. I just love everything about them. And I think that they're definitely one of those bands that you need to listen to the album from beginning to end to get the entire message. And they're so talented and they have such a vast amount of music. Yeah. That is different. Yes. Um, and I don't know how deep in their catalog or how well you know their catalog, but their Jekyll and Hyde album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, which it, mo- a lot of people don't like. Um, yeah. But what's cool about that album is they have a song from every 
genre of music on it. That's pretty cool. I don't. I haven't listened to the entire Jekyll and Hyde album, um, and I didn't know that. That's amazing. Literally that... every. There's a pop song. There's a gospel song. There's a wow. like a Latin-y island song. Mm-hmm. There's straight up country. There's super heavy metal. There's progressive. I mean, that's, that's there's so an acoustic, cool. just like ballady. Yeah. You know, Zach singing to his daughter kind of moments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's on amazing. that album alone. Mm-hmm. Now I'm uh, <laughs> gonna check that out this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that's gonna be my homework from this. So you gave me the gift of of your top three songs. So I will do my due diligence, and um, you know my homework. So I thank you for that. <laughs> um, so at the end of each podcast, I like to when I remember, I always like to ask our guest. What, tell us a story, give us a tidbit or something that's happened to you that will leave the listeners thinking, what the hell just happened? Or just something quirky, fun, crazy, anything. It doesn't have to be about the topic at hand. Um, but anything that happened to you, a story that will leave people thinking, um, okay. <laughs> so this is so perfect. And the, the, I think the best part about asking this question is the fact that it literally happened to me yesterday (laughs) that's amazing because i was like i don't know what i'm gonna say to this i have probably too many quirky stories to even think of one but it happened yesterday literally the best person to ask this question to (laughs) it's like oh my goodness where do i even begin right um but this happened yesterday and i just think it was i think it was even better than when it anything i could tell you Mm -hmm. and it was i got this message from a friend of mine that i haven't talked to in probably 20 years (laughs) he goes jeremy i'm not sure what you're doing this weekend but do you want to come be a judge for the Miss USA pageant? What? Because <laughs> we need a male judge. Can you come be a male judge for the Miss USA pageant in North Dakota? Which it's like four hour drive for me. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> I read it four times because I didn't believe it. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. And I'm wow. like, I have, I, I have a, I already had a show this weekend, so I wasn't able to, to take oh, it. Oh, no. I was going to say, are you going to do it? <laughs> I totally would do it. And I said, please keep me on your list. I would totally do it because yeah. that sounds amazing. Wow. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so there you go. You've met your first potential judge of a Miss USA pageant. I feel so honored to even be sharing a sound wave with you like <laughs> I was like wow that's intense that is incredible I w- I mean even just for the experience alone like the judging part is what it is I'm sure but just to kind of see the behind the scenes and the right. production that goes into something like that I'm always enamored by uh shows and just everything that happens production behind right. the scenes the operations I watch now see i did totally get over my aversion to taylor swift i watched her reputation stadium tour on netflix because i genuinely have an interest in production and i i just wanted to kind of see it and just think about what's going on behind where she's on stage right now and how many people are involved (laughs) in the setup and i think in that um in that show, I'll call it, she mentioned that they employ over 300 some people to 
set everything up and get that show going every single night and how many tractor trailers are involved. And I, it's just, I was blown away. It's a lot. Yeah. a lot. Yeah. So, you know, that's a very cool opportunity. Congratulations. (laughs) I know. I was super bummed that I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, And I think this is actually the first time I'm verbalizing it outside to someone too. So, Wow, okay. you got the you got the total scoop here. Oh uh, man, I I'm so glad. Anybody who's still listening, congratulations. Anyone who's not, oh, you missed a good one. <laughs> wowzers. Well, and I will since you're into production and you're into that background. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons that I probably got that call is my best friend has been the production manager for. Um, okay. they manage I think twelve of the different state shows, and he's the production manager for all of them. Oh wow. So that's amazing he does all the lighting and set design and all of that kind of stuff and so oh, that's also yeah I, you know there's a um a place here nearby where i live it's called rock Lidditz, and it is a place where some really big big performers and um, acts have gone to rehearse for shows like stadium tours um and other events and every time there's a restaurant there that I really like to go to because it's really good and it's actually in the hotel that is part of the whole complex and Mm -hmm. you just never know who you're gonna run into now I think that we were there recently when Justin Bieber was in town (laughs) rehearsing for his tour there's a possibility that we might have seen at least some of his entourage but it's it's I mean I love Justin Bieber. No, nothing against him, but I just, you know, that's fine. (laughs) But I'm more interested in, okay, how many trailers are over there or what's everybody carrying out or, whoa, what's all all this equipment look like? And yeah, so it would just be cool to take a tour of the venue um, at some point. But anyway, um, so that, that sort of wraps up this episode and I, I still feel like we've left so much untouched um, as far as we didn't touch more on the coffee side of things or the traveling side of things. But, um, you know, there is always time for round two at some point. So, right. There's plenty of more opportunities to have conversations. Yes. Yes. And I feel that way with a lot of things in life. I'm sure you would agree. (laughs) Yes. Always. Daily, actually. Yeah. So, Thank you so, so much for doing this and taking the time out of your day. I am so incredibly appreciative. And uh, I do hope that we can do this again soon. And uh, I want to thank all of our listeners uh, for listening in. And I hope that you were able to take away some valuable information. So thank you again. Seriously. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it was a it was a blast. I'm looking forward to next time, whatever that looks like. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I'll also link the information about how to get to your book, uh, which was a number one bestseller on Amazon. It, it was, yes. Yes. So congratulations on congratulations on that. So I will link that information, a link to the coffee, and I'll also link some information about how to get tickets to some of the events that you have coming up for speaking, which... I am also involved in at least a couple of those events. Yes, you sure are. (laughs) So I'll get all of that information there. And uh, again, thank you guys for listening. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode of What the Nell. It'll be a good one. So thanks again. And uh, we'll see you next time. 